I also figured this morning I needed a little bit of help. So, Lena, uh, Della, you want to come up and uh, give me a hand here, please? Della brought some object lessons. What are these? Lambs. Lambs. Okay. So you have lambs. Do you do you love your lambs? Yes. Do you take good care of them? Yes. You know what? That makes you a shepherd. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Della the shepherd. Well, you know, what we're going to talk about today is how Jesus loves us. We're like his little lambs. He loves us and he takes good care of us. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. You can go back and sit down. (laughs) Psalm 23. Um, Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a heads up. You know how I tend to wear my feelings on my sleeves. That may come out today, but anyway. Psalm 23 is one of the most beloved passages in the Bible. Usually we hear it read at funerals or at other times when someone needs comforting. It's a psalm about God's care for his people. It's also a psalm that's somewhat subversive and can speak to us today in ways that go beyond just simple comfort. Now, why does David here speak of sheep and shepherd? Well, the obvious reason is David's background. He was a shepherd taking care of sheep. That's that's where Samuel found him when he was looking for someone to anoint to be the next king of Israel. David's psalms are born out of his life experience. And, of course, this one is no different. Another reason is the fact that human beings are a lot like sheep. Isaiah 53, 6 tells us, that we have all wandered away like sheep. For some reason, maybe sin, we need someone to guide us and take care of us. So who is David talking about in this psalm? He's talking about Yahweh, the God of Israel. Now David's not the first one to speak of Yahweh as the shepherd of Israel. Jacob, in Genesis 49, 24, speaks of God as the mighty God of Jacob, the shepherd, the stone of Israel. David himself was seen as the shepherd of Israel. And again, that's not unusual because people in the ancient Near East saw their rulers as ones who would take care of them and care for them as shepherds. Sumerian kings were depicted wearing a shepherd's hat, and they were seen as the providers and protectors of their people. The Hyksos rulers were known as the shepherd kings. Israel's later rulers, both kings and priests, were called shepherds. Unfortunately, they didn't do a very good job. In Ezekiel, God calls the rulers to account for being bad shepherds and declares that he himself will be their shepherd. Even today, people sometimes see political leaders as being someone like shepherds. 
A few years ago, a young man stood up in a political town hall and stated that a certain candidate was our father and we are your children. Kind of a mind-blowing thing to say, but he could have very easily replaced father and children with shepherd and sheep. Because God is his shepherd, the psalmist states that he lacks nothing. As a shepherd cares about his sheep and gives them everything that they need, God takes care of us and meets our every need. Now, we don't necessarily get everything we want, and it's a good thing. Sometimes we want things that will ultimately be bad for us. But we do get everything we need. Now, sheep, like us, can sometimes be a bit skittish. If the sheep sense any danger or if they need to look for food, they won't lay down. They'll stay on their feet. A good shepherd keeps the sheep calm because he brings them into lush green pastures and he protects them. Sheep also like nice, calm, still, clean water to drink. They don't like rushing streams. So the shepherd finds still water for them to drink from. A good shepherd keeps the sheep from being anxious. In verse 3, David says that God restores his soul and leads him in paths of righteousness. As I understand it, sheep can sometimes get what is called cast. It's when they fall over on their back and they can't get up. Now, sheep can die in that position if he's not helped to get up. A good shepherd will gently restore the sheep and will put it back up on its feet. The shepherd then leads the sheep in paths that are good and will be better for it to walk in. Sheep will follow a good shepherd anywhere, even into a dark valley. They trust the shepherd to lead them through the dark valley. There may be danger in the valley from predators or uncertain footing. But the sheep know that their shepherd will protect them. In David's day, it was a rod and a staff. Today, it probably would be a rifle. The shepherd's presence comforts them. Shepherd has been there before. He goes out and scouts what would be the best path and the best place for them to go. The good shepherd goes ahead of the sheep and prepares the pasture for them. He eliminates any harmful plants and checks the perimeter for predators. And while they're eating, the shepherd keeps a constant watch for anything that may cause the sheep harm. Sometimes they are literally eating in the presence of their enemies. Back in David's day, olive oil was used to heal various problems that plagued the sheep. Parasites, cuts, infections, things like that. Their heads would be anointed with oil. Their cup, so to speak, would overflow. If the shepherd took good care of the sheep, goodness followed them. Now, they were figuratively pursued by goodness, but there's another aspect of this. Sheep, if they're properly managed, will leave the area where they graze better off than it was when they got there. So goodness came after them. It literally followed them. 
They left it behind. Now fast forward a few hundred years. Along comes an individual who makes the statement that he is the good shepherd. Sometimes we can miss just what Jesus is claiming here. Throughout the centuries, the people of God were taught that Yahweh was their shepherd. Then along comes this teacher from Nazareth stating that he is the good shepherd. In John 10, Jesus begins by speaking of those who don't enter the sheepfold by the door. Those individuals are not shepherds. They are thieves and robbers. The shepherd enters in through the door. The doorkeeper knows the shepherd. He recognizes him, lets him in. He calls the sheep out by name and they follow him because they recognize him. The sheep will run from anyone else. Jesus then describes himself as both the door to the sheepfold and the good shepherd. He is the only way for us to become one of his sheep. And through him we're saved and can go in and out and finding good pasture or everything that we need. Jesus describes other shepherds. In this case, the thief and the hired hand. And probably is alluding to the Pharisees and some of the other religious leaders of the day. He said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the hired hand only cares about getting paid. And he cuts and runs at the first sign of trouble, leaving the flock to the wolves. In contrast, this good shepherd cares for his sheep so much that he will go out and search for one wandering sheep to bring it back into the fold. Jesus states that he is the good shepherd who loves his sheep and who lays down his life for them. All the sheep who listen to his voice are part of one flock with one shepherd. Now, we have no idea how big this flock is, but it extends beyond city, state, national boundaries, or racial and cultural differences. It is worldwide. Anyone who trusts Jesus and claims him as Lord is part of this flock, just as we are. Okay, sheep, shepherds, bah. What does that have to do with me here in 21st century Rock Hill. I'm glad you asked. If you belong to Jesus, if you are trusting him with your life and your soul, then you are one of his flock and you have a good shepherd. Jesus is your shepherd. He is your king, your ruler. He is the one who loves you, who takes care of you, who feeds you, leads you, and protects you. He went and searched for you and found you while you were still far off. No human or human system can fill that bill. Soon, too soon, we're going to enter a season in which human beings are going to try to convince us that they will be our shepherds who will provide everything we need 
or desire. The ads have already started on TV. These people are at best hired hands who really don't care about you. Or at, wolf, or at worst, wolves and thieves. As a part of the flock of the good shepherd, our allegiance is to him. While we can and should be good citizens, we're not to put our hopes and dreams in the hands of rulers of kingdoms of this world. Jesus is the king, period. If you belong to Jesus, you have everything you need. You are a beloved child of the Father. You lack no good thing. You don't have to have enough faith. All you have to do is trust your good shepherd to give you exactly what is best for you at exactly the right time. Follow the shepherd into the green pastures beside the still waters and rest in the goodness of your father's provision. Now, like sheep, we sometimes get cast down. We fall and can't get up. When that happens, our good shepherd gently restores us. As Isaiah said, he will not break a bruised reed or snuff out a smoldering wick. He is that gentle. He sets us back up on our feet and leads us in paths of righteousness. Now we will go through the valley. I warned you. Um, Some of us have recently exited a valley. Some of us are in the midst of one. I was telling uh, someone the other week, this time of year is, is, I'm kind of entering into a somewhat sad period. Um, my, My mom died of Alzheimer's back in 2006 at the end of August. My dad died 33 days later. Uh, be coming up this Wednesday, I think it is. And that Christmas was tough. And if, you know, this this time of year is uh, maybe not sad so much as as reflecting and thoughtful and and that type of thing. Sometimes the valley is with us, even though we have, you know, exited it. And there are, I think there are others who maybe have recently come through a valley or are in a valley. The good news is fear not. The good shepherd knows the valley. He's been there and he knows the way through. He won't just tell you how to get through it. He's there with you. And he never will leave you. Now, as followers of Jesus, we live in a hostile world. Our shepherd told us that was going to happen. We do have enemies. Now, they may not be the ones we think, but we do have them. Jesus told us that the world would hate us like it hated him. But our good shepherd prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. He protects. 
And he guarantees that evil cannot ultimately harm us. We can be confident each day knowing that our shepherd has prepared the way for us. And he has prepared exactly what he will give us. Our shepherd anoints us with the Holy Spirit who gives us strength and guidance. Our cup overflows with God's goodness and grace. And we are invited to drink deeply. As members of the flock of the Good Shepherd, goodness and mercy should follow us, should be left behind after we're gone. As Jeremiah 29, 7 says, we are to seek the welfare of the city where God has placed us. When we leave a place, those we have been in contact with should be a little better off than they were before we got there. We are called to show Christ to others in a way that will cause them to desire him. We're told to be able to give an answer to anybody who asks about the hope that is in us. And of course, for that to happen, we have to show them that we do have a hope. That means living in the reality of having a good king, a good shepherd who takes care of us and gives us everything that we need. Excuse me. So we don't have to go around scrambling, looking for scraps like the pagans do. Our shepherd tells us that we are his and that we will dwell with him forever. His care for us doesn't end in this life. It continues throughout all eternity. This is our shepherd.